Good morning. Welcome to Williams Lake Salvation Army live stream service. Welcome to the special time when we separate ourselves and prepare ourselves for hearing the word of God, for hearing of his truth and getting deeper and deeper into his world. And thank you Lord Jesus that you provided for us your word. Thank you for your uh, promises, for your hope and for your faithfulness and love. And before we will start our message today, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray about everyone who is separated, isolated from the communion with the brothers and sisters, for those who have been, by different reasons, put aside from communion and from fellowship. We pray that you will help them to come back and find support, find unity among brothers and sisters by your precious involvement and by your presence. Also we pray for those who are sick, who are not doing well by different reasons, that you will grant them speedily recovery, you will grant them wellness and you will grant them health and just ability to come and serve in your kingdom. Father God, we also pray for those who hate you, who hate you Jesus, who uh, build their foundation on different religions that you will help them to find the way the truth and the eternal life in you jesus we pray for our leaders governors that you will grant them holy fear you will grant them openness for your guidance and for your insights father and in your precious name we lift up everyone who is lost may they will find you and will be well also we pray that you will open our hearts and ears to grasping your truth in Jesus name amen so I call today's message the coming of the son of man we continue our uh, end times events theme we continue our eschatological journey and we still in the gospel of mark and we will talk today about what does it mean the son of man or what does it mean his coming and how Jesus explained that and also we will grasp the truth from the books which had been expelled from canon many years ago we will see how book of Enoch book of Enoch or book fourth book of Ezra speak about those events about the coming of the son of man and we will see that those books absolutely divinely inspired and they are great support for our faith and for our walk in God's kingdom with Jesus Christ. Before we will come to our texts, we will get many texts today, so prepare yourself. Let us define what does it mean, the Son of Man or Son of Man. The phrase Son of Man is a literal rendering of the Hebrew Ben Adam. Ben Adam, or Aramaic language Bar Enash, Bar Enash, or Greek language Uios Anthropol. It is an expression that more exactly means a man or a human individual. It is not the common expression for man, but is used especially in poetic parallelism with more usual words for man. For example, Book of Numbers, chapter 23, Isaiah, chapter 51 and 56, and Psalm 8 verse 5. The prophet Ezekiel is addressed frequently more than 90 times by this title by God, a usage intended to accentuate his human state, so he underlined his human state, before the majesty of God. 
The more important occurrence of this expression is found in book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13. The interpretation of the apocalyptic vision of Daniel, chapter 7, as it now stands, is fairly clear. The four beasts who come up from the sea, chapter 7, verses 1 through 7, represent the succession of world empires, while the judgment passed upon them represents the negative element of God's saving intervention. The positive element is seen in the establishment of God's rule, the messianic kingdom, represented by the investiture of one like a son of man, with dominion, with glory, and with kingship. I found that in encyclopedia.com. And now, let us understand historical background and, and spiritual importance of, of two books, which, as I said, uh, connected with apocalyptic religious texts, ancient historical texts, which are uh, divinely inspired. First one, the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch, also first Enoch, Ge'ez, it's uh, Ethiopian language, Mashafa Henok is an ancient Hebrew apocalyptic religious text ascribed by tradition to Enoch, the great-grandfather of Noah. Enoch contains unique material on the origins of demons and Nephilim, why some angels fell from heaven, an explanation of why the Genesis flood was morally necessary, and prophetic exposition of the thousand-year reign of the Messiah. So you might see right here that it is absolutely important book which connected with many important topics for us believers. The older section, the book of the watchers of the text are estimated to date from about 300 and 200 BC and the latest part, book of parables, which we'll read today, probably to 100 BC. Various Aramaic fragments found in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well as Koine Greek and Latin fragments are proof that the Book of Enoch was known by Jews and early Near Eastern Christians. This book was also, was also quoted by some 1st and 2nd century authors as in the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. Authors of the New Testament were also familiar with some content of the story. A short section of 1st Enoch chapter 1 verse 9 is cited in the New Testament epistle of Jude, Jude chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, and is attributed there to Enoch, the seventh from Adam, First Enoch chapter 60 verse 8. Although this section of First Enoch is a midrash on Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 2, several copies of the earlier sections of First Enoch were preserved among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, second book, second book is second book Ezra or fourth book Ezra. It is, it is two different names of that book. Second Ezra's, also called four Ezra's, Latin Ezra's, or Latin Ezra, the Jewish apocalypse of Ezra, we see here different names of that book, is the name of an apocalyptic book in some English versions of the Bible. Tradition ascribes it to Ezra, a scribe and priest of the fifth century BCE, but scholarship places its composition between 70 and 280 CE. 
It is reckoned among the Apocrypha by Roman Catholics, Protestants, and most Eastern Orthodox Christians. Second Ezra was excluded by Jerome, one of the Church Fathers, from his Vulgate version of the Old Testament, but from the 9th century onwards, the Latin text is sporadically found as an appendix to the Vulgate, inclusion becoming more general after the 13th century. The Ethiopian Church considers 4th Ezra to be canonical, written during the Babylonian captivity, and calls it Ezra Sutuel. It was also often cited by the fathers of the Church in the Eastern Armenian tradition. It is called 3rd Ezra. It was written in the late 1st century CE following the destruction of the Second Temple, and as such is very important for us to understand apocalyptic expectations of first Christians and Jewish people. Fourth Ezra, an apocryphal book of angelic revelation that is also very important. Or second Ezra, it is the same book, an apocryphal book of angelic revelations. Now, apocrypha, 14 books of the Old Testament included in the Vulgate edition except for second Ezra but omitted in Jewish and Protestant versions of the Bible, Eastern Christian churches, except the Coptic Church, accept, again, Eastern Christian churches accept all these books as canonical, which means as a part of the canon. The Russian Orthodox Church accepts these texts as divinely inspired, but does not grant them the same status. It's up to them. Second Ezra or Fourth Ezra two important apocalyptic pseudo-epigrapha. Also, second Ezra uh, connected with the Apocalypse of Baruch, in which the political and eschatological aspects are central to the aim of the books that were written in Israel at the end of the first century, as a consequence of the catastrophic destruction of the Second Temple in Jerusalem, 70 A.D. I took this information from Encyclopedia of Britannica, from Wikipedia, and from the freedictionary.com website. Now, let's start with fourth book of Ezra, chapter 13, verses 1 through 13 and 25, 40. My son be declared, the main theme of those parts from the book of Ezra, fourth book of Ezra, I called my son be declared, so it is declaration of the divine son. And it came to pass, after seven days I dreamed a dream by night, said Ezra. And lo, there arose a wind from the sea, that it moved all the waves thereof. And I beheld, and lo, that man waxed strong with the thousands of heaven. And when he turned his countenance to look, all the things trembled that were seen under him. And hencesoever the voice went out of his mouth, all they burned that heard his voice, like the earth faileth when it filleth the fire. And after this I beheld, and lo, there was gathered together a multitude of men, out of number, from the four winds of heaven, to subdue the man that came out of the sea. Ezra represents this divinely appointed man as someone who came out of the sea. And you have to understand that the sea represents abyss, endless, bottomless space where dwell angels, spirits, 
and, and souls of dead men. Verse 6, But I beheld, and lo, he had graved himself a great mountain, and flew up upon it. But I would have seen the region or place whereof the hill was graven, and I could not. And after this I beheld, and lo, all they which were gathered together to subdue him were sore afraid, and yet durst fight. And lo, as he saw the violence of the multitude that came, he neither lifted up his hand, nor held sword, nor any instrument of war. So uh, this is a grandeur picture of the final battle between pagan nations and the man, son of man. Verse 10, but only I saw that he sent out of his mouth as it had been a blast of fire, and out of his lips, lips a flaming breath, and out of his tongue he cast out sparks and tempests, and they were all mixed together, the blast of fire, the flaming breath, and the great tempest, and fell with violence upon the multitude which was prepared to fight, and burned them up everyone, so that upon a sudden of an innumerable multitude nothing was to be perceived, but only dust and smell of smoke. When I saw this, I was afraid. So it is a terrifying picture of mass destruction of opposing pagan forces and armies by the breath, by the fire which came out of the mouth of the Son of Man. And afterward, verse 12, So I the same man come down from the mountain and call unto him another peaceable multitude. So peaceable multitude, it is representation of many people who came to worship him as a king. And there came much people unto him, whereof some were glad, some were sorry, and some of them were bound. And other some brought of them that were offerings. So offering had been brought. This is the meaning of the vision, whereas thou savest a man coming up from the midst of the sea, the same as he whom God the highest has kept a great season, which by his own self shall deliver his creature, and he shall order them that are left behind. And whereas thou savest that out of his mouth there came as a blast of wind and fire and storm, and that he held neither sword nor any instrument of war, but that the rushing in of him destroyed the whole multitude that came to subdue him. This is the interpretation. Behold, the days come, end of days, when the Most High will begin to deliver them that are upon the earth, and he shall come to the astonishment of them that dwell on the earth, and one shall undertake to fight against another, one city against another, one place against another, one people against another and one realm against another. So we see here it will be fight between infrastructures and the systems. And the time shall be when these things shall come to pass and the signs shall happen which I shoot thee before. And then shall my son be declared whom thou savest as a man ascending. So coming down son of man. And when all the people hear his voice Every man shall in their own land leave the battle. They have one against another. Do you hear parallelism here with the book of Isaiah when weaponry of war will be destroyed and reformed and reshaped into the weaponry of cultivation of the soil, peaceful weaponry. Verse 34, 
and an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together, as thou savest them willing to come and to overcome him by fighting. Verse 35, now it is very important, listen, that's what I said to you before many times. But he, son of man, shall stand upon the top of the mount Sion. Please note how it is written here, not Zion, the letter S, on the top of the mount Sion, because corrected name of this mountain is a mount Sion. Verse 36, and Sion shall come and shall be shewed to all men being prepared and build it like as though saves the hill graven without hand. So what Ezra is telling to us that this Mount Sion will be shaped and prepared as a, as a beautiful bride without hand, supernaturally. And verse 37, and this my son shall rebuke the wicked inventions of those nations which for their wicked life are fallen into the tempest. We, right here we see in verse 37, we see parallelism with Psalm number 2, a psalm of the kingship of the Son of Man, psalm of the enthroned event for the Son of Man. Verse 38, And shall lay before them their evil thoughts and the torments wherewith they shall begin to be tormented, which are like unto a flame, and he shall destroy them without labor by the law. He shall destroy them without labor by the law, by Torah, by the word of God, which is like unto me. And whereas thou savest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him, another multitude of people will come to worship him after this final destruction, Armageddon, final battle. Those are the ten tribes. So he speaks now about restoration of Israel as a second multitude. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Osir, the king, whom Salmanasar, the king of Assyria, led away captive, and he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. So what Ezra speaks to us that captivity will be finally eliminated and all ten tribes of Israel will be restored, come back to the Holy Land of Israel. Amen. And another book, as I said, the book of Enoch, book which had been quoted many times by Jesus himself, by his disciples and by every author, Christian author of first and second century. And I call this slide, this portion of the book of Enoch, which is taken from second parable, chapter 46, verses 1 through 8. I call this section the head of days and the son of man. So in this book we see parallelism with the book of Daniel, chapter 7, eschatological events which ascribe to Jesus as a son of man who had been enthroned as a king over all the earth. Starting with verse 1. And there I saw one who had a head of days, eternal one, Father, heavenly, and his head was white, like wool, and with him was another being, now we see description of the Son of Man, another being whose countenance had the appearance of a man, his countenance had an appearance of a man, and his face was full of graciousness, 
like one of the holy angel. And I asked the angel who went with me and showed me all the hidden things concerning that son of man, who he was and hence he was and why he went with the head of days. So that was moment of declaration of his kingship. And angel answered me and said unto me, This is the son of man who has righteousness, with whom dwelleth righteousness. He has righteousness, and also with whom dwelleth righteousness, and who reveals all the treasures of that which is hidden. Do you remember Jesus said, I am the way? In another uh, portion of gospel, he said, I am the door. What Enoch says to us, who reveals all the treasures of that which is hidden, because the Lord of spirits has chosen him. Very interesting name, which we do not see in, in uh, other books. The Lord of spirits. So Yahweh is not only Lord God who grants to us mercy and grace, who supports, but he is also commander of the spirits of angels and whose lot has the preeminence before the Lord of Spirits in uprightness forever. So now Enoch says to us about preeminent, preeminent nature of the Son of Man. Although he has appearance like a man, he is the Eternal One, who has never been created but was from the beginning of time. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the first one and the last one. So his, pre, his preeminence speaks about his eternity. And this Son of Man, whom thou hast seen, shall raise up the kings and the mighty from their seats and the strong from their thrones, and shall loosen the reins of the strong and break the teeth of the sinners. Now he speaks about his supremacy in judgment, in mass destruction and annihilation of world systems and world empires. That's only king of kings might do. Someone who has been enthroned by the ancient of days. And he, son of man, shall put down the kings from their thrones and kingdoms. Second time, it's, uh, Enoch says to us, because they do not extol and praise him, nor humbly acknowledge hence the kingdom was bestowed upon them, which means that if they would not acknowledge that the kingdom kingdoms had been given to them by the ancient of days, Lord of Lords, God of Gods, they will be annihilated and removed from those thrones. And he shall put down the countenance of the strong, and shall fill them with shame, and darkness shall be their dwelling, those pagan kings and rulers, presidents and prime ministers, and darkness shall be their dwelling, and worms shall be their bed, and they shall have no hope of rising from their beds, because they do not extol the name of the Lord of Spirits who is Yahweh, Adonai Eloheinu, Yahweh, our Lord God. Verse 7, And these are they who judge the stars of heaven. Now it is about judgment of the angels. 
and raise their hands against the Most High. Who, so this Son of Man has been designated as a judge, not only earthly kingdoms and humans, but also as a judge of angels who rose against the Most High God and tread upon the earth and dwell upon it. it. So he speaks now about angels who fell on the earth, those wicked fallen angels, and who dwell and, and of course seduce and pervert multitudes of people. And all their deeds manifest unrighteousness, and their power rests upon their riches. So those who, here on earth, who build their power on riches, you know, they are wicked presidents who just accumulate, like in Eastern Europe, who accumulate billions and billions of dollars and try to build their kingdom on those riches. They will be completely annihilated and destroyed. And their faith is in the gods which they have made with their hands. So technology, which is a foundation for human dominion, will be vanished, demolished, and uprooted. And they deny the name of the Lord of Spirits again. The who, everyone who denies the name of the Lord of Spirits, everyone who does not worship Him, who does not acknowledge Him, will be annihilated and destroyed. And they persecute the houses of his congregations. Those wicked rulers today around the world, churches are under persecutions. Many Christians today still thrown into prisons for their faith. Those rulers who commanded to do those wicked things and actions, they will be annihilated and destroyed. And the faithful who hang upon the name of the Lord of spirits. We continue uh, book of Enoch chapter 48 8 verses 1 through 10. It's, it speaks about found of righteousness, the son of man, the stay of the righteous, judgment of the kings and the mighty. Do you see how rich, how detailed explanation of the end of days, of the eschatological times, of the eschaton we see here. So without Keeping attention on those books, we would never get those details and understanding. And in that place, I saw the fountain of righteousness, which was inexhaustible. And around it were many fountains of wisdom. And all that thirsty drank of them and were filled with wisdom. Do you see parallelism here with the book of Isaiah and with the book of Proverbs and with the book of Revelation? And their dwellings were with the righteous and holy and elect. And at that hour, now he speaks about hour, that son of man was named in the presence of the Lord of Spirits. So he has been honored. And his name before the head of days. Yah, before the sun and the science were created, before the stars and of the heaven were made. His name was named before the lords of spirits, so his name above all names of creation itself and creatures itself. He shall be a staff, listen carefully, the son of man shall be a staff to the righteous, whereon to stay themselves and not fall. So those who had their foundation built on the son of man, they will be non-movable, 
they will persevere till the end. That's what Enoch wants to tell us. And he shall be the light of the Gentiles. Do you remember this verse from the Gospel of Luke? He, son of man, shall be the light of the Gentiles. He is the light for the all multitudes of nations today. And he shall be the hope of those who are troubled of heart. So every human individual today who is struggling with depression, oppression, confusion, doubts, might be strained, restored, and fixed up, staying upright by Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, who had been sent here in a human bodily form, who had been crucified and resurrected. That's what Enoch wants to tell us. All who dwell on earth shall fall down and worship before him again parallelism with many prophets and i will and will praise and bless and celebrate with the song the lord of spirits do you remember book song of songs of solomon that's another parallelism and for this reason has he been chosen for this reason to support people and hidden before him before the creation of the world and forevermore he is alpha and omega the beginning and the end the son of man i mean and the wisdom of the lord of spirits has revealed the son of man to the holy and righteous people for he son of man has preserved the lot of the righteous because they have hated and despised this world of unrighteousness and have hated all its works and ways in the name of the Lord of Spirits. For in his name they, who they, righteous ones, are saved. We are Salvation Army and we see here and speak about the message of salvation here. And according to his good pleasure has it been in regard to their life. In these days downcast in countenance shall the kings of the earth have become. So they will lose their faith, they will lose their strength, and the strong who possess the land because of the works of their hands. They will be downcast in their inner faces. For on the day of their anguish and affliction they shall not be able to save themselves. There is no salvation for those wicked rulers and kings and presidents. And I will give them over into the hands of mine elect, says the Lord God, through Enoch, as straw in the fire. We also should remember that Enoch was the second person who did not see death. He had been taken, being alive to heaven. Remember that? As straw in the fire, so shall they burn before the face of the holy. As lit in the water, shall they sink before the face of the righteous. And no trace of them shall any more be found. They will vanish. And on the day of their affliction, there shall be rest on the earth. Peace, again, another parallelism with prophets and with Isaiah, Isaiah particularly shall be rest on the earth and before them they shall fall and not 
rise again. And there shall be no one to take them with his hands and raise them, for they have denied the Lord of spirits and his anointed one. So what Enoch speaks here about that the Son of Man is the anointed one of the Lord of spirits. And he is supreme in his command and he is supreme in giving to him authority to judge, to annihilate and to destroy any wicked soul. The name of the Lord of spirits be blessed. That's how chapter 48 verse 7 verse 10 ends. I took that from the website which is called thesacredtexts.com. And now we're coming to our main text as we're still in, uh, journeying through the Gospel of Mark, one of the oldest historically written Gospels. We speak today about the same section, the coming of the Son of Man. How Jesus himself, how Jesus himself described his return, his coming in Gospel of Mark. There are some other explanations, for example, in the Gospel of Luke, but we will uh, stick today to the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 13, verses 24 through 31. But in those days after that tribulation, we've, we've talked about tribulation, do you remember? Absolutely terrifying events of mass destruction, mass disciplining, and mass terrifying of, of uh, many human souls. After that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. So day and night, and we have to remember that all electrical infrastructures will be ruined. There would not be electricity. There would not be any sources of light. So complete darkness during the day and during the night. Can you imagine? You and me, we will live without TV, without computers, without cell phones, without uh, ovens, electrical ovens and microwaves. There is no any heat. So it will be a great test for us. And the stars, verse 25. Do you remember I told you about mass asteroids rain? The stars will be falling from heaven. Do you remember that one asteroid with the size of the middle house is more destructive, more powerful than the nuclear bomb which had been thrown on Hiroshima? And the asteroid with the size of a stadium will wipe completely New York City. That's how destructive one asteroid, but it will be rain of asteroids. So it will be absolutely terrifying havoc when human beings will lose their minds out of fear unless they will put their trust in Jesus. And the powers in the heavens will be shaking. So nature will be shaking and then then when people will be completely you know put down by the fear and terror and those events of tribulation only then only then people will be ready to see the son of man then they see will see the son of man coming in clouds down, coming cloud, coming in clouds down, not up. So this theory about rapture, you, we have to understand, rapture does not mean that you and me will go on heaven. Rapture means that we will be lifted up 
on the air from first book of Thessalonians, for example. We will be lifted up on the air to meet Jesus Christ, Christ, the Son of Man, who will come down on clouds. We will meet him on the air and will be moved to the Temple Mount, to the Mount of Sion, to celebrate his ultimate victory. Just grasp this truth. After this tribulation, we will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Great power and glory. This is also very important. He will come with great power for those who do not glorify him. But he also will come with his glory, which is supported by his power. Glory of God always accompanied by his power. His power is supportive for us, his children, and destructive for those who hate him. His power supports his glory. Shekhinah always, his glory, Shekhinah in Hebrew, always come, comes accompanied by his power. Verse 27, and then, Son of Man, you remember he is supreme over angels, Son of Man will send out the angels and gather, where he will send out the angels, to where? To gather his elect from the four winds, from four ends of the earth and from four ends of heaven. What does it mean? What, what does it mean for, from four winds of, or from the ends of heaven? It means that every spot of the abyss, endless, remember? Endless bottomless pit, endless bottomless space which stores spirits, angels, and dead souls of humans will give back it, will, will release by the command of the Son of Man. And those angels whom he will send, they gather those spirits, angels, and dead souls for resurrection, final resurrection. And then immediately Jesus brings example from the nature. We, you and me, we understand that the nature divinely ordained and divinely structure. I am amazed how animals, animals, dogs, cats, birds, you know, and any other creatures, chicks, chicken, how they follow the law which is grounded and established inside of them, how they follow. And there is only one creature which rebels against divinely established law, this creature is a human being. That is why Jesus himself took appearance of a man as a son of man. He came down to earth to fix, to restore, and to establish it again and again and again, divinely inspired ordination of things when it comes to the law. And Jesus brings here the lesson of the fig tree, verse 28. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. So what Jesus says here, 
learn the lessons from my nature. If you are stubborn, if you are rebellious, look around how the nature is divinely orchestrated, how nature follows my lead, my rule, my, my kingship. So learn from the fig tree its lesson. Every part of creature has its lesson. That's what Jesus says to us. Every creation, every creature has its own lesson, which was given to it by creators. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So, question to you, how to make our heart to be productive and fruitful? What should happen with our hearts before we will be fruitful? We take the lesson from the fig tree. What Jesus says here? We are branches. Do you remember? We are branches of the vine, which is Jesus himself. So what Jesus says here, that the branch should become what? Tender, tender, gentle, sensitive, compassionate. That's what he says here. That's what kind of lesson we learn from the fig tree. By the way, fig tree is a symbol of the house of Israel. I would say that again. The fig tree is a symbol of the house of Israel. So what Jesus says to us in this lesson, he says that every branch of the house of Israel should be tender before fruitfulness will appear. And if you and me, if we are members of the house of Israel, we have to be tender we have to be obedient to God's seasons. Again, the branch becomes tender when? Tender when? When summer is near. When the time of harvest comes, we have to be tender. We have to be sensitive. We have to be gentle and compassionate. And then we will be able to put our leaves. And not only leaves, but also fruits. Do you remember? Jesus doesn't like when we have leaves. When we have appearance of righteousness, but there is no fruitfulness, we will reap curses from Jesus himself, if we have only leaves but no fruits. Verse 29, so also when you see these things taking place, which things? Season comes, branches become tender, leaves appear, time comes for fruits to appear, you know that Jesus is near. So when we, you and me, when we are fruitful in our ministries, we are reminders, representatives of His coming, of His coming back. At the very gates, Jesus says, we remind to people that if we are fruitful, that Jesus is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, says Jesus after that, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. What generation? Generation of people where we have representatives of righteousness, when we have, where we have representatives of wickedness. We have to keep in mind, we have to keep in mind that Jesus was spoken about these things when he was sitting at the Mount of Olives across the valley, across the temple, area. Do you remember? So when he spoke about this generation, 
he spoke about generation of dwellers of Jerusalem. Among those dwellers were people of wickedness, people of hypocrisy, and people of righteousness, true worshippers who came three times per year to worship the Holy One of Israel, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We remember that, of course. Amen. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So the word of God, which we read right now, is supreme to heaven, visible heaven, not only visible, to spiritual heaven as well, to the abyss, and to the earth where we are now. My words will not pass away. Great encouragement comes from these words of Jesus. And now we are at, at our final slide, which uh, is taken from famous chapter 7 of the book of Daniel, eschatological chapter, which speaks about the return of the Son of Man, verses 13 through 14. His name is Yeshua. Yeshua means Yahweh saves or Yahweh salvation, Yah salvation, Yah salvation, Yah it, it's a beginning or part of the name Yahweh which speaks about life-giving force, life-giving attribute of God himself. His name is Yeshua. Behold, said to us Daniel, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days. So what uh, Daniel uh, does here, he connects two scenes, scenes, two scenes, two realms, two realms, visible realm of the Son of Man coming down by, by clouds, on clouds, and spiritual realm, invisible realm, where the Son of Man came to the Ancient of Days. Do you remember we just read from you from Book of Enoch? Remember, without Enoch, we do not have so descriptive, so detailed picture. So two realms, he coming down on clouds, and he came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him, who they, angels, near before Ancient of Days. Then to him, to him, to the Son of Man, was given dominion and glory and kingdom. Dominion and glory and kingdom. Dominion means power and glory, which which uh, support his kingship, his kingdom, power and glory, support his kingship, his kingdom, as a king of kings and lord of lords. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him, Jesus, son of man. His dominion is an everlasting dominion endless power, endless dominion, which shall not pass away. So he, <laughs> Daniel says, his dominion is everlasting dominion for those who are stubborn, who are slow thinking. He says again, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Amen? And we talk here about 
בן אדם, או בר אנוש, בן אדם, בר אנוש. אויוס, אנתרופו, see, three languages all speak about son of man, in English, four languages, or Russian, סין צ'לוויצ'סקי, סין צ'לוויצ'סקי. Let us pray. <laughs> his dominion is everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. And all peoples and nations and languages, does not matter what they sing, will be subdued and committed and come and worship him, otherwise they will be destroyed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just briefly, briefly, very briefly touched so great terrifying and amazing picture of your greatness as an ancient of days, as a holy one of Israel. And you, Jesus, this son of man, you, you got this human body, bodily, humanly formed. You, you came out of a woman. You, you let yourself to be born by a woman in order to walk with us. in order to walk among us, in order to dwell in us, full of righteousness and full of compassion and full of grace and full of truth. You came to bring to us life of abundance. And I pray to you, Lord God, Ancient of Days, the Lord of Spirits, the Lord of Spirits, of angels, of angelic armies, I pray to you, please help us. Please help us. Please help us to open our minds and our hearts and our whole being to accept this truth, to be fully and firmly established on that truth and not to be propagated and deceived and sidetracked by the theology and philosophy of man in Jesus' name. I pray that we will be recipients and eaters of your word alone. Sola Scriptura, Sola Scriptura, supremacy of your word will be our daily task and our daily bread which will sustain and strengthen us to persevere till the end and one day stay on the Temple Mount, on Mount Sion and to celebrate restoration of the Temple where you, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Holy One of Israel, will sit at your throne And we will worship and celebrate your ultimate victory. In Jesus' name I'm praying. Amen. Be blessed. Even if you've been a little bit confused, still be blessed. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with me as well. Be compassionate to yourself and be compassionate to me. Be loving of yourself and be loving of me because we are humans. Do you remember what Jesus said about the fig tree? me and you as branches as branches of the this beautiful wine have to be tender have to be gentle have to be compassionate and loving of each other only by in that way we will be fruitful and we will be victorious be blessed be beacon of light may the lord bless you may the lord keep you and may the lord shine upon you by his countenance shalom to you Amen.